those of you that don't know this crowd, <clears throat> don't know me, think you know me but don't know me. Uh, I'm the biggest chicken in the world. And um, I have ran as long as I can run. And uh, I have been caught today. <laughs> Unprepared. Um, giving no thought at 9 o'clock when I got the message that um, Brother Mallory had been trying to call in, uh, since 5.30 this morning that she was not going to be here. And my first reaction was, oh, wow. Keith isn't going to be there either because he, with his little eldership chat, chatted up that he was really late and he would not be in till later. And I was a little honestly miffed about that because I thought he was going to um, miss something important because of the weekend. I'm going to be honest with you today now. You're going to see something that some of you have never seen. Okay? So as I thought, I thought, oh, and he's not going to be there. Well, I'm just going to chat to my leadership team. So I got on the chat and told him that she was sick, I mean, what had happened. And um, in the meantime, I got back on the phone to call Brother Mallory to, to extend our blessings to her and a release, and that she would, um, you know, we were pr would be praying for her healing. And so when I got back on, the first thing that came up, Max got the mic. And I thought, oh, no, I don't. I don't know. I don't have anything. I didn't have anything. Well, at 5 o'clock, before 5 o'clock this morning, I woke up. And one of the things that um, Sister said yesterday was um, time alone with the Lord and the way that we we had to listen. Well, we've heard, heard that and heard that and heard that, but it really resounded again in my spirit. And... And I really thought, you know, there are times that I sit and just want to listen to God, and I'm thinking, I've got so much to do, I don't have time for this. But you know, that's what he wants us to do. And that's what just went through me like, like living water. And I thought, I've got to listen. So when I woke up, I knew that I had to listen to what, what, just to be in his presence, just to listen to anything I hear. And I was taken literally back because yesterday this woman spoke about her childhood. And I thought, Lord, I didn't have a bad childhood. I was born into a family that was loving and caring and <clears throat> they weren't poor. They weren't rich in, in money, but they weren't poor. They were an average middle American income family. And I thought, if you're going to be sending me out, I don't have all of this stuff to, to pass on. 
you know, and those are kind of things that were going around my mind. But I thought, now let me think back. Do I have anything in my childhood I can ever talk about if you're going to send me out? <laughs> you know, <laughs> these are the kind of things that were going on in my mind this morning at 5 o'clock. You know, make it interesting. This lady was just, she just, <laughs> you know. So I thought, hmm, I don't know if I got anything like that. And so then it came to me, no, you are all individuals. You heard her say that yesterday. You're an all individual. You've got your own anointing. you got your own. And I thought, oh, okay. So I go to sleep, back to sleep. 7.30, I wake up. And I'm again, I'm thinking, okay, Lord. And one of the things that came that she said yesterday is, and very dynamically, I have come here to minister to you, but I have come here to set someone in their place and to send them in. And when she said that, I thought, oh, mercy. I received every bit of that, and I thought, I don't, okay, I'm ready, God, I'm ready. Well, I'm going to go to a scripture first because this week at, Le- at uh, intercession, this is what I've um, was on my heart. And it's in Psalms 115. And um, the theme of this psalm was God is alive. He is thinking about us and caring for us, and we should put him first in our lives. So that was rounding about, and I want to read this first um, verse in there. It says, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. Now, as I speak today, and as I tell you a little bit about myself, and I'm going to have to tell you about my calling, of which I have run from. I submit myself as humbly as my flesh can submit it. That what I say today or from this day forth be none to the glory of myself, but all to the glory of God. Because this body called the church in the United States has been duped, for a better word, for years men have set themselves up for the glory and greed of God. That doesn't make me any better or you any better. But God, in this hour and in this time, is changing the hearts of men.
one of the things in this scripture also that it talks about and in the footnotes when I read this on on, uh, Tuesday night was um, at this this point in time when this was uh, written, there were a lot of, uh, the nation was, um, had idols, many idols, and were also worshiping idols and giving glory to those. So the Lord has been doing a work in all of us, and especially in me, about um, laying down other things. And you know, that's the hardest thing for me to do. Um, I was telling Natasha a few, uh, just days ago actually, and a couple of other people, at my age I can retire. And I, I left a marriage uh, because of divorce, and when I left that that marriage and 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 my family, it was you know I was in my forty early forties, and it was like oh, something was just stripped from me. But then God gave me another purpose in life for Him, but He also gave me my I was a nurse at the time, but then I had another job okay I had another place to go and I began to fill my life with with the Lord and what he was doing in me and through me to to students and I saw myself as as worthy of of the lamb and worthy to do those things that I was called to do well now there's a point in my life now that I am coming to that I'm thinking I'm to retire. And what do I do if I let my job go? I still have the Lord, but what do, you know, where am I going to get some of that self-fulfillment from? Well, Natasha said, and it was very prophetic to me, was you go about the business of what God has called you to do. And that's to step out into another realm of ministry. Well, yesterday, and the coal that's burning in me that um, I'd like for you to turn to Ezekiel chapter um, 16. And I'll have to go back and use a little bit of testimony here too because one of the first times that Brother um, Von Clark spoke over me. He spoke uh, the word of um, Ezekiel 16.6. I'm going to read that first. It says, Then I passed by and saw you kicking about in the blood, and as you lay there in the blood, I said to you, Live. And quite honestly, you know, I even went to Keith. Keith was there when he said it, and I I didn't know, for me, what that meant. 
Now, we've heard and you know that you can have a prophetic word and that prophetic word is in due season. We may not have the complete um, interpretation of that word. Well, this weekend... This is what, this is, or yesterday, not the complete weekend, but yesterday, Sister Benji preached or gave a word on this uh, message, 16, uh, 1 through, um, I think she went down through 8. Let us, let's read that word. Now, her ministry is, a, a, is for Elijah and the Elisha ministry, and producing Elishas is what she has felt that she's called to do. Our ministry here is producing Elishas. That is what we're called to do. And we see it back in these young people back here. These are our Elishas. You are Elishas. Every one of you. I don't care if you're 60-something years old like I am. It doesn't matter. It is time that we rise up, people, and let the dry bones come back together and prophesy to our own dry bones, to our own. And become the Elijah, the Elisha, so we can reproduce Elijah, more Elijahs. It is time. And this, I've been set up. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Because as much as I ran from my calling and couldn't understand it, I am the prophet, a prophet over this house. I've never said that before. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you've got to rise up, people. You've got to rise up to your calling. Because every one of you have it in you. You have it. It's in there. You wouldn't be sitting in this worship center today if it wasn't in your belly. It's in you. Do not let the idols of this world keep you from going to the place he has you to be. Do not let them. I don't care who you think you are. Because God's got a much stronger calling on you than you ever thought or imagined. And you have it in you. You have it. I never realized I had it. But let me show you something new that 
from this. No, Lord. Um, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, confront Jerusalem with her detestable practices and say... This is what the sovereign Lord says to Jerusalem. Your ancestries and birth were in the land of the Canaanites. Your father was an Amorite and your mother a Hittite. On the day you were born, your cord was cut. Nor um, was not, yeah, not, your cord was not cut. Nor were you washed with water to make you clean. Now what, and I'm going to, I got this from her, and, and God's, it's important enough to send it out because this is what I learned. And so um, yesterday Benji gave this scripture, the picture, and me being a nurse, I could see it so clearly, is in the spirit realm or in our, in our flesh and in our natural if you will look at a, a fetus, and that's what we call a baby in the womb, is a fetus. When it's time for the birthing of that fetus, it is attached by an umbilical cord to the mother. It remains attached to the umbilical cord through the whole birthing process. And it would remain attached if it were not cut. Okay, because when the baby is first born, the first thing that the physician does, lines the baby up on top of the mama's belly and cuts the cord. If the cord is not cut, the baby is still attached to the mother. Okay, and soon that placenta will be released and the baby, if it is not cut, will begin to bleed to death. Okay? Literally die if we did not cut it. In that analogy of that, this is what she showed us that in the spirit realm and with our own spirit that when we are born again, we still have an umbilical cord. And if we do not cut, truly cut that umbilical cord in the spirit realm with our flesh, if we don't become spirit, okay, and cut that umbilical cord, then we, are, we, will, we can die. Now, we might die a real slow death, but we never become what we can become because we're walking in the flesh as well as walking in that spiritual realm. Christy, that's right. Y'all got that? Isn't that what she said? And the best I can understand it, and I believe that's what the Lord's telling us too. So where are you walking? How much have you cut of it? That's what I heard yesterday. Daylene, how much? Is there any there more to cut? Well, cut it all, God. 
cut every bit of it. Now, the next part of that says, Nor were you washed with water to make you clean. Nor were you rubbed with salt or wrapped in cloths. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you. I'm not quite sure all the interpretation of the rubbing with the salt and all, but there is some, and there might be more of that to come because I didn't write, I, I didn't write down, and I didn't even write the other down, but I don't even remember what that is. So apparently, right now, God's not Im- impressed with that. I just need to go on to something else. <clears throat> no one looked on you with pity or had compassion enough to do any of these things for you. Rather, you were thrown out into the open field for the day you were born. You were despised. Well, how many of you, when you first started into and were saved or born again, you were real excited and on fire and, you know, all of the, you went for, but never was nurtured. Never had anyone to speak with you, to love you, to encourage you, and you you just loved the Lord, and you knew what you were supposed to do, and you came to church, and you did all the things that all the church people did, but it wasn't quite enough but you didn't know it wasn't quite enough but you knew there was something there but that's what the church is doing today a lot of the church we had an evangelistic movement the evangelist you know we draw people in but who loves them who nurtures them where's the Elijah's the Elisha's where are they That's what we're called, people. That's what you're called to do. Is to become, to cut your cord. And spiritually walk day by day by day. Call us a maniac. Call us uh, whatever you want. But that's what we're called, called to do. He comes back here and he says, Then I passed by you and saw you kicking about your blood. And as you lay there in your blood, I said to you, Live. 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 Let that settle into your spirit, man. He has a life for you. He wants you to live 
so you can reproduce. Not reproduce the fleshy man, but reproduce him. him. Reproduce his nature, his love, his kindness, his mercy, his all-knowing. Reproduce. Down in chapter 8 it says, Later I passed by and when I looked at you and saw that you were old enough for love, I spread the corner of my garment over you and covered you with nakedness. I gave you my solemn oath and entered into a covenant with you and declares the sovereign Lord and you became mine. You were covered Each one of us are covered with that garment. You have entered a covenant with the Most High King. When you have separated yourself... And you are ready. And as she mentioned about the Jordan, the Jordan is a place where it's complete. There will be a time when each of you, if you've not already, come to the place that you're ready to render all of you and all of yourself. And step over into the Jordan. Yesterday, by an act, I stepped over. I was ready to render everything, the nakedness before the Lord, of everything that I am. And was in the flesh to follow behind the Father. I have heard prophecies. I have heard my fellow brothers and sisters tell me. But it is something that will come to you on an individual time that will say, You are ready. I stand before you very humbly saying, I don't have it together. But he tells me I don't, he doesn't want me to have it together. Don't run from your calling. 
Time is too short. Begin to love your brothers and sisters like you have never loved them before. There is a spirit, there is a, a, a love that is going, that God is pouring out over his, his body. And there is a remnant. Are you going to be part of that remnant? There is a remnant from the body that is coming and being, being um, pulled now. It's being pulled out of the body. I challenge you this day that if you in your spirit know that you desire to be part of that remnant, then look into the Father's eyes, get time away, and as you cross over into that Jordan or cut that umbilical cord of the flesh. Go with the Spirit. Go with the Lord. Go into what he's called you to do. This is very personal, and I hope I haven't rambled too much. At the same time, I'm in my rambling, I'm supposed to challenge you That it and tell you that it is time to quit running. That word is not just for me. That word is for you. And if you're here, it's not by accident. One of the things that I said today to the Lord at right when I heard was, Lord, why would he why would would she not come here? Is there anything with us? Why, why? Because I feel like everything is in the timing of the Lord. Not that he puts illness or sickness or anything on us. But I got to know what, what's going on here. Why is this happening? Well, 20 minutes later, you've been set up. It is time you took, you took your step in the Jordan. Now it's time you get up there. And I'm going to tell you, I need every one of you. I need the body of Christ. And I say that very humbly to each of you. I am not out here on my own. And I cannot do it on my own. All I need is him. But do you know who him is? That's you. And I need you. The Elishas out there need you. Our young people back there, we have to follow them. They are going to lead us. And they need us and we need them. And I hear the Father saying, step up. Step up to the plate. Get the bat ready. 
for the home run is coming. But you have to put the bat in your hand first. And you have to take your stance before it can be hit. Are you ready? Are you going to take the challenge? Are you going to let the things of the world drop aside? What dry bone do you have? No, not one, no, not one will I forsake. No, not one, no, not one will I pass by. Live, live, live. No, not one, no, not one, no, not one. Live, my children, live. That's all I have to say. You know, uh, she mentioned something about the Jordan River. We had a prophetic word in Savannah last night from a ministry partner with Vaughn, and it's just it's right on the money here. He said this. He said, he said, this age and this time is given to those who are ready to step into the Jordan before it's parted. You know, the body of Christ, and I'll, just, I'll re-emphasize what she said. And, and I, I think this, this just, it's a spark that's set in me that I've, I've got to share. I'll, I'll, I'll word this differently than she did, but I think it has the same meaning. You know, are you one of those people? How long in your life have you waited for the Jordan to part? How long in your life have you waited for your time? And timing is important. But I often tell people this. You know, if you've received a prophetic word that you're going to go to the nations, or that you're going to teach, or that you're going to minister, or that you're going to do this or that or the other, you know, how long does that take? I remember years ago I received a word that I was going to go to the nations. Well, that's great. But at some point I actually had to buy a plane ticket and get a passport and I had to drive to the airport, I had to make all the arrangements and I had to go to the nations. You can't go to the nations 
unless you go to the nations. You know, how long do we wait? How long do I wait for the prophetic call and destiny on my life? How long do I wait if, if I know God is agreeable and I keep putting... You know what will happen if I kept putting that off? I still would not have went. And I believe that every time we mention this to a group of people, you know, there, there's, there's the objection that will come up in somebody's mind. Well, it's not, it's not time yet. Well, listen, time's getting shorter. It's more time today than it was yesterday. And this is part of the passion of our house. And this is part of what God's doing in the adults and in the young people. The opportunity that came hand. Listen, the kids... We're, we're, we're set up to go to the burning last night. And from what I understand, and, 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 and I won't, maybe next Sunday would be a really good time for you guys to come in and, and uh, what do they call it, debrief? <laughs> but the kids, we knew something was up Friday night, but the kids go down there, the young people go down there, and they're kind of, and correct me if I'm wrong, they kind of had this idea that they were just going to kind of participate. It was going to kind of be this cooperative ministry effort between them and the folks at the burning, they just kind of flow into it. Well, the, you're met in the parking lot and you're told the plan has now changed. And the kids, the young people, they're given the whole service. And I won't go into the details. They're given the whole service. They're asked to minister to the whole crowd. We, the, the, the burning said, you know, we want y'all to minister to us. They go in, they do the music, they do the ministry, the whole nine yards. It was time. You know what happens if I continually put off doing what I'm called to do? I put it off today and I put it off tomorrow and I put it off the next day and, and then I, I put it off again. You know what's going to happen after a while? I'm going to be dead. They'll have me down there at Reinhardt and the family coming in making the funeral plans, doing the obit, trying to figure out who's going to preach the sermon and where it's going to be held at and what burial cemetery they're going to bury me in. That's the truth. And the point here is if, if we keep putting it off and putting it off individually and corporately and we put it off another day and another week and another month, after a while there's not going to be another day, another week and another month. There will be no time. And I don't know about you, but I am sensing this urgency. There is a, there is a burning in me. Yes, I'm tired of seeing people die and probably go to hell, but I'll tell you something else that makes me just as mad, and that's missing out on the fullness of God for you today and the fullness of God for me today. I don't know in the scheme of what's a greater loss, but I'm telling you, that's a loss too. How long? And when God fingers my flesh and He says, here's a problem that you need to deal with and it keeps popping up and popping up and popping up and I don't deal with it, what happens? Not only do I lose, everybody else loses too. But we're connected. But the thing is this. How much longer do we wait? 
the little baby, it was critical that at a certain point of time that umbilical cord be cut or what used to be life to him would become death. And in my Christian life, in, in my life with Jesus, the longer I put off cutting the old stuff out, the more death becomes in me, the more toxic I become. Oh, God, help us. Help me. You know, I, I, I need more help than anybody in this room. I am a mess. You've got to go a long way to find a bigger mess than me. Now, I know some of y'all are, are, are rivaling a close second. <laughs> okay, but we won't go there, okay? We won't go there. But we come to these moments of decision every once in a while when somebody says something that stimulates something on the inside and there is, there is a tingling and a resurgence of truth and, re, and the reality of, of God in our lives and he's, he's knocking on our door again. And I'm telling you, today He's knocking on our door. And, and some of you, uh, you know, may never, you know, may never come back. You may have come in today expecting one thing and you're going to leave getting another. But I don't care whether you're 8 or whether you're 80. The question today is, you know, how much longer is it going to be before we cut some cords and get on with what we've been called to do? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Again, I'm ready again. How many times have you said you've been ready? <laughs> How many times has somebody, have you been in church and a preacher has just, he's turned the screws and the knobs and, and, and in the presence of the Lord and the witness of Scripture. How many times have, has your conscience been, been touched and pricked to the place where you say, okay, God, I'm ready. And it lasts for about a 15-minute altar call and then Kentucky Fried Chicken's calling your name. And after that, the sleepies come to visit. And then after that, you know, night comes and Monday starts. I've been there, I know. That's just the way, this, that's the way we work. We're geared to humanly. But I'm telling y'all, what sister said is true. It's time to cut some cords. It's time to get on with business. And you may tell you, let me tell you something. God's got a great sense of humor. You'll never quite be ready. <laughs> You'll never quite be ready. You'll never be smart enough. You'll never be cute enough. You'll never be rich enough. You'll never be suave enough. You'll never be knowledgeable enough. You'll never be educated enough. You'll never, ever, ever, ever be enough because God in the dynamic of what He wants to do in the kingdom, He wants people who never have has enough so He can do something through them that's absolutely miraculous so He can get glory. That's why you'll never be quite enough because He's worked into the program that you've got to be dependent on Him. And if you ever get to the place where you're not dependent on Him and you're so smart you can do this so well and you're so cute you can do that so well and you look so good doing this, I'm going to tell you, you're going to fall flat on your face real quick. Especially in an age where time is being accelerated and things are becoming more and more critical every day. He'll drop you like a hot potato so fast that it'll make your head spin because somebody else has, has made the decision. They were, they were really honest when they said, I'm ready, Lord. Well, see, I'm not going to foul up his plan, even though I'm not enough. Even though you're not enough, you're not going to mess up the plan. 
God's got this wonderful way. If you'll just, if you'll take a step in obedient faith, just one step in that direction, he's got this wonderful way of making everything work out all right. That's, that's what I found. <laughs> I don't know about you. Because I've messed up enough. I know. That's the cool thing about messing up. You, you, you know how to mess up, but you know how he cleans up. I made some mess ups, but I've learned how he cleans up. So let's just do this this morning, okay? Um, I hope you've been blindsided one way or another. But let's just uh, let's close our eyes and think for just a minute. I'm not going to have a big altar call. I think today is, so, is God just wants to deal with us where we are. He wants to deal with you where you are. I think that's a prophetic sign within itself. Wherever you're sitting and wherever you're standing, God wants to deal with you right there. And the question at hand today that Sister has brought up to us, you know, this time thing, this time thing, it stirred me up. It's, it's, put a, it's lit another fire in me. I was tired and wore out a while ago and, and, and just wobbly and woozy, but boy, she woke me up, or God did. So let's just take just a minute and come before the Lord. And um, I'm going to pray. And then we'll open it up. If anybody's sick, we'll pray for you. Because we, if you're sick, we don't want you leaving here with a disease or an illness. There's too, many, there's too many people today who are being healed. We'll pray for you, okay? Father, in Jesus' name, um, I pray, dear God, that a passion for you would resonate, would infiltrate and inhabitate every single person here in Jesus' name. I pray, dear God, for those of us who need to be waked up, wake us up. I pray, dear God, for those of us who, 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 are, who are square smack dab on top of the timing of the Lord in terms of what we're supposed to do. I pray, dear God, you won't let us rest at night. I pray, dear God, that you send your spirit to wrestle with us. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm going I'm to pray something hard, okay? Oh, God, I pray that in a gentle, sweet way that you would wrestle with our souls and our spirit consciously and unconsciously and bring us to the place, dear God, where we are ready to embark on the great adventure, this great kingdom life, this what we call destiny. Work, ministry. I pray, dear God, that you get us to the place where we're ready to do that and it becomes the single most important thing in our life. I pray, dear God, that as we receive that work of yours in our life, that we would... Not only this ministry, but in other ministries, that you just bring the people of God together in the houses that you've called them to, and that they would work, they would they would learn to work in symphony and in concert, not only with you, but with each other. And that they could accomplish more together than they ever could separately, because that's the way of the Lord that He has placed in the body. So I pray, dear God, this divine wrestling. But I also pray this divine movement, Lord, that you would draw us closer together and cause us to work 
together in a way that would honor you and that would bring strength to the body of Christ. I pray, dear God, that not one be left out. Not one. You, the word says that you are not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to eternal life. And Father, we just ask today that none would be left behind and none would perish. None would perish. But that we would engage your divine purpose in our life. And that we would understand. I pray, dear God, for people who don't have clarity on it. They know they're supposed to do something, but they don't know what it is. I pray, dear God, you give them clarity on that beginning today so they wouldn't struggle under false guilt and self-condemnation because they can't figure out what you want. So I just I break the deception off of the minds of individuals right now that we could see clearly. Because God doesn't want you to struggle with that. So ask yourself the question today, what is it that lights my fire? What is it that burns in me that I must see done in ministry or in the kingdom before I die? Identify that thing and pursue it. And in the pursuit of that, God will steer you in the right direction. But pursue it, pursue it, pursue it. That's what I hear. Lord, we love you. We don't even know how much we love you. Because we can't even begin to measure something that's, that has been given to us that is boundless in itself. Lord, thank you for the encouragement of your spirit and your word. And folks who would exhort and stir us up a little bit. And Father, for those of us that may have struck the course hard and went after it and for some reason or another we've been sidetracked or postponed or sort of like in a, uh, in, a, in a timeout, Lord, I ask you, dear God, that you release from that, even if it's in a, in a different direction, but that you would give purpose and that you would give thrust and you'd give fulfillment and clarity, Lord, in the restart of something that you have birthed in us. Because I understand and know that sometimes God's plan that we don't understand involves a little season apart. So God, don't let us feel guilty about all this stuff, but let us put it in perspective at whatever stage of this we're at. But let us pursue. Let us never stop pursuing. In Jesus' name, let us settle this issue in our life today. In Jesus' name, amen.